she took my broken legs in her hand. She looked at me and said, one day you are going to be a great orator. My name is Pranamatakar, and this is Embrace Your Lazy. This podcast will turn your dreams into reality by helping you realize that we are lazy and perfect human beings, and by teaching you the habits to use laziness to your advantage. Today on the show, we have Prabhu Kandasami. We talk about his childhood polio, vulnerability, how to give great speeches, talking with strangers, and much more. Prabhu is one of the most interesting guys with one of the most interesting life stories out there. So this was a lot of fun just getting to know him better. Now, before we start, I just want to say, stay till the end where we give you the takeaways from this interview you can apply to your life today. And if interviews aren't your jam, that's okay. Check out my audio essays, which I think are different than anything else out there right now. Please consider subscribing, writing a review, and letting me know what you think. Here. Is Prabhu. So your speeches are incredibly authentic. It's probably the best word. They're very, they hem very close to your personal experience. And that's something I am working towards because I feel like it's incredibly difficult to bear your soul, like you said, in front of a lot of people who aren't necessarily, you don't know that well. So how are you able to be so authentic and so openly share aspects of your life? It is something that I've actually learned through my childhood. So I was affected by polio when I was really young. So the way I walked and everything, it was always different. When I grew up initially, there are a lot of people who used to look at me. They were curious. There was nothing wrong in their looking at me. But I felt a little bad when they kept looking at me. And sometimes people would come and ask me, oh, what's, what's wrong with your leg and whatnot. When I was young, I didn't know how to answer. But when I started growing up and I became hit adulthood and if there is a 10-year-old kid coming and asking me, oh, what's wrong with your reg? Then now you start developing interesting ways to answer the question. Mm-hmm. Once you're comfortable in talking out the most difficult part of your life, in case mine was my illness, if I'm comfortable talking about my illness to a 10-year-old, then nothing is difficult to talk about your life. Because everybody has this really, really crazy thing about themselves, which they really don't like talking outside. Most of the time it is inbuilt into you, nobody can see it, so you're safe. But people like me who have some kind of physical disability, it's one of the most difficult things we have to handle. And you cannot hide it. You cannot be always seated so nobody knows that you have this disability. But the moment you start walking and people ask you questions, then you develop this confidence like, this is what I am. Mm. I have no problems in showing up what I am. So I shouldn't have any problems in talking about what I am. So that is how the whole thing started developing. And sooner or later, when somebody comes and asks me, okay, what, what's wrong with your leg? Let it be young or old, it doesn't matter. Then we started sharing things. Once I told her, oh, this is what happened to me, and that is what I'm like. Then they were, oh, okay, okay, so how did you survive? And then you start talking, and then I tell my struggles, the stories. Initially, it felt a little odd to talk to random people. Then I realized, you know, the most easiest people to talk to is actually strangers. Because you talk to them, they go their way, you go their way. 
you go your way and it's really not going to affect anybody. So, well, you talk something that you didn't want to talk, it doesn't matter. He or she is gone. So it's not going to impact. Let's say if you have to talk to your friends or family, then you have to think right. a little bit, oh, because I'm going to meet the person again. What will he or she think about me and so on and so forth. So for me, the easiest way to talk is to talk to strangers because they have no idea what you are. They have no background. So they don't have any preconceived notions except what you exhibit at that particular moment of time. And it's much easier to do that. This is almost like a therapy question for myself as I go to podcasts and interview more people. You talked about having connections with strangers. How are you able to, I guess, get so vulnerable and real with strangers and allow them to share their stories? One way I feel is every time I am there out there, I, am, I cannot hide certain things about me. That puts me already in a really difficult position. But the moment you realize that it doesn't matter, then it doesn't matter what the strangers think about you. Then you start developing confidence. And then suddenly people who are staring at you, you go start talking to them. They, they don't know how to react. They are suddenly taken back, but then they are really into you. They want to know what is all about. And then you start developing, then it becomes a conversation. Then you will think that, oh, uh, that person looks perfectly fine what problems he or she will have. And then they will tell, oh, you know what? I have a relative. You know what? This happened to me sometime back. And then you don't know how much links we have with every single person around us until we try to find that out. That's true. That's cr So it's almost you have to be incredibly vulnerable yourself. And that allows other people to share their stories and the things that they deal with almost. Right. So vulnerability is put as kind of an, it has a negative connotation to it. Okay. We typically put that as a, la a lack of strength or a weakness, but it is not. Every one of us, every single person in this world has some or the other vulnerability. It could be physical, it could be mental, it could be anything. It, that Some people are afraid of heights, some people are afraid of insects, some people are just afraid of being and talking to people. Some people are introverts, extroverts, it doesn't matter. Every one of us is unique in our own way. And there is nothing that we can do to change a lot of things about us. The best thing we could do is accept what we are mm. and play to our strengths. What we consider as vulnerability and weakness are nothing but our strengths. If you start thinking every single vulnerability is a strength, in my case, my disability became my strength because people had this first initial reaction. If I am, think about it, I am 10 people are standing in a crowd and I am standing there, people immediately notice me. You can think, oh, because you walk differently or you are in a weird way. But I think it doesn't matter. I'll take any attention. And then suddenly people want to, if they get an opportunity, they are really curious to talk to you. And sometimes your vulnerability becomes your strength. That is why you have to wear your weakness and you have to wear it like a shield that protects you. That's interesting. Yeah, so you got to parlay all those weaknesses and that's what makes you unique. So that's you have to use those to your advantage. And your speech, so... Uh, I always forget because I, I mentioned all these things last the last podcast, but Prabhu has a great speech on YouTube that you guys should all go find. It's uh, the channel is called Prabhu Speaks and it's called Differently Abled, yes. right? The speech is called Differently Abled. So you talk about all these things we're talking about right now. What what kind of was the gist of your speech, if you could just, just tell us? So the whole idea of coming up with the speech was a very interesting experience for me. My Toastmaster Club president, she once, Melanie, who came and told me, oh, you have to participate in the speech competition. I had no idea what it was. Like, okay, fine, I'll do it. 
And then I started uh, writing the speech and I asked her, what, what's the topic? Because when you say speech competition, typically you expect somebody to give you a topic. Okay, this is what you're going to talk about. Then she said, no, there is no topic. You just have to come up with an inspirational speech. Then I told her, I don't have anything in my life that is inspirational. She simply said, no, your life is inspirational. You just don't realize it. Just talk about your life. Just talk about your life stories. Mm. I said, okay. So I picked up different parts of my life stories. I just put them in a chronological sequence right from the point where I got affected by polio and how the doctors thought I would never walk and how my parents and grandparents put so much effort in me and then eventually I started walking. My How I felt when I went to school for the first time when I did not realize I was disabled until I see everybody else as normal. So that is when I realized I am not normal. That is like a blind truth that hits up on you at a very young age. And then slowly you start making more friends and then how your friends help through getting through the different parts and there were really unique people who I encountered in my life they were not related to me one was my school principal and one was a strange stranger complete stranger in a hospital and how certain things that they said actually transformed the way I thought and eventually I ended up in the speech about how I met my wife and then how I joined Toastmasters and that is how the speech is structured so if you think about it I did not plan to make it an inspirational speech. I was just talking about my life. Mm. But the simple truth that we all don't realize is we all go through struggles at various stages of our lives. And we all have a way of overcoming those obstacles and struggles. And every one of us has an inspirational story. Like one of, I don't remember who the poet was, but he did. Every one of us has a story. And you have to tell it. You have a responsibility to share your story. And don't think, oh, I have not done anything in my life. No. If you are here today alive, you have done something in your life. And nothing is small, nothing is big. It is all relative terms. What you think may be small is actually going to be so inspirational for some others, somebody else who hears your story. They're like, oh man, I have to do this. I have to be like that person. And when you tell your show, story out, when you put it out, that is when you realize the power of words and the power of your simple life incidents. Hmm to how it could be an inspiration to others. True, there's a lot of, I think there. I think you're 100% correct. There is a solidarity I think people have when you share your story. Uh, it makes them feel like they are not alone in the struggles that they have. But I wanna talk about, or I wanna reference something you said. You said that your school principal and uh, somebody else. Uh, uh, the, there was a woman in the hospital. Woman in the hospital, They they gave you kind of advice or they said something new that affected you in a certain way. I'm just curious, what did they, what did they say? So that is one of the part of the speech which they talk about, I talk about. So in the school principal, I had a, I had a fracture and I was waiting for my parents to come pick me up. It was a pretty benign incident. So I was waiting and my school principal came. She sat right next to me. She took my broken legs in her hand. She looked at me and said, one day you are going to be a great orator. And actually, at that point, I have no idea what orator meant. I was not a big English <laughs> person. And I just assumed she said something good. I didn't even know it was good or bad. <laughs> and eventually, I forgot about it. Like 15 years or 10 years later, that is when I started thinking about my life incidents. And when I'm writing the speech, that is when I realized she had said something so powerful that I would be a very good speaker. And it was not like I was doing speeches in that particular school. Uh, that was my second school and I, I was just a normal person talking to people but she found the way I was talking to people talking to school teachers and uh, my classmates she found something unique there 
and she saw something that uh, she saw something in me which I did not even realize till really late in my life so that was what the school principal said and now with respect to the hospital I was recovering from my surgery and this person was in the room next to the room where I was uh, admitted so she just came to see how I was doing I have no idea who she is her her son was also in the neighboring uh, the next hospital room she looked at me and she smiled and I smiled back it was pretty normal and then she said you look handsome till that point of time I don't think anybody ever told me that especially after I grew up it was such a simple thing she just complimented me and I thought her son looked more handsome than me but it didn't matter that simple compliment that kept giving me that confidence then I started thinking maybe I'm not that bad and maybe I am looking good and I can speak well probably that's not a bad thing and then when I wrote the speech I realized these incidents had had gone into my subconscious and they have been kind of making me what I am today and I did not even realize it so sometimes you just take a step step back in your life and think about all the people that you met all the incidents that happened you will suddenly realize there has been so much in your life and so much people who have transformed you the way you are today it's much more than just your friends and family around it's anybody anybody who meets and they just do those simple things which just makes a lot of difference so that speech was great in terms of a soul searching thing it was you. it was it was for me it was like this uh, movie where you go back in your whole flashback yeah. of going back your entire life and trying to pick up those beautiful incidents and I had so much of them so I had to really filter and pick up the really good incidents that I could remember of yeah and so writing a speech is not just good for somebody to hear your story it's good for you because you're looking back at your life the way you typically wouldn't so if somebody wants to tear, tell or share their story how would you recommend they go about doing that one thing I've realized which I did not do is that uh, it's good to keep a diary it's good, good to keep a journal small or big we keep writing all of those important incidents in our life that's really helpful well if you don't and if you're like me then you have to sit and talk to people when you talk you will start talking about things which you would not otherwise talk about and that is how it happens there is really no this is how I have to do it just go share talk to your friends they will tell something and then you will realize, oh yeah 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 for me also this happened and then you will have a story aligned to their story and then it just keeps on going and then you talk and then suddenly you will have a big list of things that you had in your life so when we had the podcast last time I felt like I was again revisiting a lot of things in my life mm. so this one is again I'm trying to get back into my life to see various parts and it's that's that's the way it, you have to speak out doesn't need to be always to a particular person or a particular group whatever opportunity you get just speak out just share just share and doesn't matter what happens after that that's me yeah I think the main one of the main reasons I went go to Toastmaster meetings and enjoyed so much and I'm doing this podcast is actually the vice versa of that is because I love listening to other people's stories and I think I'm just the type of person who gets very naturally curious so I remember last episode that unfortunately wasn't recorded we had a lot of insights and wonderful things that we were talking about and it made me really really think about my own life and stuff like that so like you're saying I think one point is sharing your story and the other part is also listening to other people tell their stories right because yes that it, exactly so when when I was talking about the sharing again the sharing will not happen unless you have a really heart-to-heart -heart conversation right. with somebody and you don't need to have that one person in your life to do heart-to-heart -heart conversations 
I've done heart-to-heart conversations with the person who was sitting right next to me in the flight. Mm. And doesn't matter, I've, I mean, he is on my Facebook friend right now. We don't really keep in touch with each other. But that one and a half hour of flight, we had so much stories that were shared across. It was just remarkable. And you do not know what you are getting into until you start it. I've had amazing conversations in the trains every time I go. So I had a 24-hour train journey in India when I used to travel from my workplace to back to my home. And it was amazing because you have six people around you, you start chatting and then suddenly you literally feel like you've created a family in that one single day. And that's amazing if you think about it. That is amazing. I'm just really curious, how do you get that started? How do you get into... Because I think a lot of the times I am able to have superficial, quote unquote, superficial conversations, right? You know, the typical small talk type things like weather and, you know, those sorts of things. But how do you jump into the real meaningful stuff? Because I like to have much more of those conversations. I just don't know in today's society and stuff like that, how do you actually get to the real good stuff? That That's one transition phase even I am seeing. So I, in India... And most of the times when I was doing, there was no um, Facebook was there, but people are not like roaming around with a smartphone. So nobody, not everybody is looking at the smartphone. Typically people are staring out or they are either reading a book or they are eating or something. Mm. So then they look at you, they smile, you smile back and then you ask, okay, where are you from? Then they ask, where are you from? And then in India, it was not difficult to ask about your family. And I find, kind of find it a little odd here that, uh, it's, oh, you cannot ask about family. I don't see a reason why you shouldn't. You have all your life in social networks and uh, you're a little worried when you're talking to somebody, let's say in a Starbucks, when you're talking about family. No, it's not that difficult. Once you start about your family, for instance, I talk to my gardener and he says, oh yeah, I have a two-year-old, so I'm having my trouble. And he's like, oh, yo, I understand. I have a four-year-old <laughs> and I know what troubles you're going through. And within no time, we are talking about the kids. Talking like old pals. Old pals. And you don't even know how that happened. The whole idea is if you have some kind of a blockade in you, the other person will sense it and they won't open up. The only way you can open up is you have to just let it go and then you go there and you you do this genuine smile and that smile should say, I really want to talk to you and I would like to know about you and I would like to know about your life and that's not easy. And to get that authenticity and the smile, it takes time, but it's not difficult either. You just have to do it and just keep trying and remember this, if it doesn't work out in one Starbucks you always have one other Starbucks or another day it doesn't really matter you're not you have you have nothing to lose that's true you have only things to gain that's true it's not a, it's not a test yeah you can you can go and you Do have it. to practice and multiple times and yeah you're not paying five dollars and you can only attempt your <laughs> license test three times no you can do any you number of times with any number of people so it doesn't really matter so you got to break down your walls and be curious. I think those are the main points I got. And th- you, wh- something you mentioned is kind of true. Actually, it's almost a little funny that we share our life so much on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and we have all these social networks we have. And then when it comes to shaking someone's hand and saying anything to them, I think a lot, especially my generation, the twenties and thirties, millennials. Uh, it's very difficult for us to have a genuine conversation. It's kind of weird. I could just Google you and know, like half the things you're not willing to yeah. say. So it's, it's really funny. It, it is, it's always going to be a loop. So we will, typically we don't admit a lot of things. So you go through this big cycles. So right now you have the social network and you speak to people more in social network than in real time. And then you will come back. Mm-hmm. There'll be a time where they will like, oh no, I need real conversations. I need people to talk to. 
So then that's why you have to meet friends, you have to talk to strangers and make it a requirement. Okay, one day I'm just going to put my phone away. It's a Sunday. I'm not going to take my phone at all. And then suddenly try to think what you're going to do with your life. It's so difficult. <laughs> that is when you're trying to call every single friend, everybody is busy with something or the other. And then you finally find out, okay, this guy is free or this girl is free. And then you go figure out and have a lunch with them. It is very difficult. And just trying, try that out. Don't need to just get off the mobile phone. Just put your mobile phone and think about 10 minutes. What are you going to do in your life? No TV, no mobile phone. And then suddenly see what you're going to do. It's I, so difficult. I can imagine. That's very, because I'm the type of person who when I get off, like awkwarded out, I jump to my phone to make it look like I'm doing something. Yeah, exactly. You are just looking at your flipboard and my flipboard doesn't even update anymore. So you're just looking at the same articles and the same Facebook posts and you're like, I just don't want to look like I'm awkward enough. Yeah, but the easiest thing is, and I nowadays I see a lot of people, they just, they're sitting in the Starbucks and um, they may not actually do anything. Hmm. You see somebody who's just watching stuff, sipping their coffee, you feel like you want to talk to them, go ask them, it's fine. It's it's not really a bad thing, and if they don't like to and they don't want to be disturbed, they're gonna tell you that. Yeah, they'll they'll be honest. And and yeah, and anywhere you have to start it. It cannot happen from the other side. True, that's true. That's one of my. I don't know who told me this, but I, I, it sticks in my head. Um, somebody told me that the most one of the most important things, like one of the most hidden important things, is that you have to learn how to be bored. Mm-hmm. Because if you learn how to be bored, then wonderful things happen. But exactly. a lot of people are just trying to do something, something trying to, to keep keep themselves busy yeah trying to keep make sure they don't get bored so once like you're saying if you put your phone away and then you have to think okay what am i going to do now you know maybe might as well go talk to that person or might as well have a conversation and be curious about what other people do in terms of speaking i feel like this approach also helps the way you think and share stories as well because that ability to connect to people is probably very important because you have to empathize and connect with the audience in a speech. Exactly. So if you cannot empathize with somebody's story, actually, you cannot even empathize with yourself. That's one of the important things about uh, every everybody's life is not the same. So that is one thing we also have to realize that, oh, my, my life is already with so much troubles. I don't have time to listen to other people's troubles. But you don't realize something very important when you're doing that. When you listen to somebody else and when you listen to somebody else's story, then you realize that you actually have a really good life already. And that is when you feel really blessed for what you have. A lot of times when I see people how to write a speech, one of the biggest advice that uh, they say is, oh, your speech, you should be able to sum it up in two words or three words or four words. You need to know what your speech is about. But actually, I found that very restrictive. What I would suggest is don't write a speech write about your life the speech will write itself Hmm. just put on all the things that you have in your life and now look at it okay which of these things align if you think it in a movie where suddenly you will see those yellow whatever you put it on your wall they just kept keep aligning and suddenly wow i have a speech and i did not even that's the whole point your life is random your speech doesn't need to be structured either your speech has to be random and that is what authentic is if you're talking about exactly how you're happening you know you're telling a lie Right. Because that is not how it happened. And then the second audience will realize it. So don't think that you have to win competition. One of the things is the speech which is really authentic in Toastmasters may not win competition. But doesn't matter. The whole idea of speeches and everything is just to reach people. And once you reach it, and I've had people come to me and say that there was a guy, he was uh, he lost his, uh, he lost his uh, lower body completely. 
in paralysis. So in the means he has his legs, but he couldn't walk. And uh, when I did the speech, he came to me and he said to me that um, for the last 15 years, I always felt pity of myself. When you did that speech out there, I suddenly felt so different and I thought maybe my life is inspirational too and I have a story that I could tell to people and I will really feel good to share it. I did not plan for that and you, nobody can plan for that. You're just doing, I'm going to another club, I'm doing my speech. That was the biggest compliment or biggest success that I got in my speech. So that is what it is all about. Just do it and you don't, you, you can't even imagine what could happen around you. Just try to help and connect with people as much yeah, as possible. Yeah, that's it. And then you will see that you are just transforming things the way you would have never anticipated. What is motivating to you? What motivates you to do the things you do? The best thing is those amazing uh, compliments that I get. The amazing stories where people tell, oh yes, I had this in my life too. I can connect to you. That's very important. You can imagine this whole world is like uh, just multiple dots. People are just dots. Imagine like you have a mesh network where every single dot is connected to every single dot around you. That is the how you get the power. I get the power to do my speeches not from within. Actually, I get it from around, from the people who help me, the audience. Every single thing is important. So you can almost say, getting a little philosophical and poignant here, but you can almost say that what speaking is, what writing is, is actually finding those little strings of connection between all the dots. That's all it is. Just try connecting with people and beautiful things happen. It's a simple butterfly effect and you cannot plan a butterfly effect. It's as simple as that. Great. That's amazing. Great last last word. So thank, thank you so much for, for uh, sitting and talking with me. Oh, thank Something you. Great. Thank you for having me. And every time I come and talk to you, I feel refreshed. <laughs> and I feel like I am getting new vision of my own life. New feedback and insight. I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. There is so much you could take away from this episode, but one of the biggest habits you can apply to your life today is to just genuinely compliment one stranger every day. It'll help you be more comfortable with talking to strangers, and it might actually change someone's life like it did with Prabhu's. Second, Prabhu talks about journaling and writing a diary. If you write a sentence a day in a journal, you will realize that you're doing great things with your life and you don't have to be so hard on yourself. It also holds you more accountable to the things you actually do do and allows you to appreciate life. And third, you will realize how many people apart from your close family and friends have positively impacted your life. So will make you very grateful. If you want to learn how to build these types of lazy habits to actually make them stick, or other common lazy habits such as meditation and exercising, check out my free class at EmbraceYourLazy.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.